What's up, everybody? Welcome back for episode three of Throw the Brick Radio. Uh, I'm Jan Rosenberg. This is Logan Sears. Today we have an awesome episode with us today. We have Mike Maximovich, 2017 NCAA qualifier, wrestler for Cornell College back from 2013 to 2017. Now is a coach at Wisconsin Lacrosse, former coach at Cornell College. And he is in grad school for cardiac rehabilitation. Welcome, Mike. Hey, what's up, people? So, Mike, obviously, just looking at your ears, we could tell you were a wrestler or something along those lines. But can you kind of tell me, uh, what did you do to get into wrestling? Uh, That's a pretty great story. So, um... I got two brothers, one older brother, one twin brother, and uh, honestly, we were really into uh, WWE growing up, so, I mean, anything with the word wrestling in it, we were kind of interested in, and one day in middle school, my older brother just decided to do it in sixth grade, and I was like, all right, I'll do it too, and I I went to his first meet, and I was expecting, I was yelling, I remember yelling out as a fourth grader, dumb kid, just like, where's the chair, ref, where's the chair? But then, you know, obviously I learned to love it over time and just, I was just something I was meant to do, man. I don't know. So what, what grade did you start in? Six. Six. That's honestly been pretty common. Everybody that we've interviewed on the show so far has started in middle school. I think, I think that's a good time to start, honestly, because, you know, you look at the way some of the other countries do it, like. Like, you look at the Russians, they're not actually touching the wrestling mat until they're at least 10, 11 years old, right? They're working on their body control. They're working on strengthening their bodies, like other parts of the actual combat athlete, you know? So I don't think that's the worst time to start. But obviously, there's always benefits to starting early, too, I, you know. But sixth grade, that's when I started. Yeah, Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I met his two older brothers. Fun fact, Andrew Maximovich is known on flow for pinning an All-American in a suicide cradle. So No, 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 no. This is the most hilarious upset in, in history. <laughs> so he was down 14 to 0, right, against well, Elliot Riddick from Lehigh, All-American, right, in the first round of EIWAs. Riddick's like the first seed, Andrew's the, 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 you know, the last guy in there, <laughs> and he's down 14. Gets cradled, stops the cradle, and gets a defensive fall. Gets up, gets up with his bleached blonde hair, points to the crowd, and points at himself and starts celebrating. It's the funniest upset in history. I, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't so funny for, for Riddick that it happened to, but, you know, he ended up All-Americaning that year, so it worked out for him. But, yeah, if you get a chance, if you can find it, look it up. He just getting his butt kicked. <laughs> that's awesome so, <laughs> so kind of next coming in so you were from uh chicago area illinois right yes sir. uh 3a school or 2a 3a um can you kind of walk me through what was it like wrestling in 3a high school how did you do in high school um and kind of let us let them know from there high school interesting times for michael maximovich right so you know, I was, 3A was tough, you know, I, I wrestled a lot of tough kids, and a lot of them went on to do some pretty great things, either in football or in wrestling, but uh, 
you know, I wasn't the most, I mean, I was talented and I was good. I was definitely lacked on the whole mindset part of the situation, which obviously we'll talk on that a little bit later. But, uh, you know, I just wasn't, I just didn't quite have it yet. You know, like my body wasn't developed. I had good coaching, but, you know, I didn't have anyone to wrestle with after my brother left. So like we were kind of, we were in, with a bunch of hammers, but like my school just didn't really push it. We were a basketball school. We had won a state title a few years before with John Shire, who played for Duke. Um, you know, like it was, it just wasn't a big deal there. But for me, it was. But I just didn't, you know, I never made the state tournament. I lost a lot of matches in high school. You know, I started on the freshman team. And, you know, I, was, I wasn't I was even the best in my family. My older brother was a state qualifier. My twin brother, was, he went undefeated on the freshman team and was a frost-off six-placer. We have that in Illinois. <laughs> you know, if you don't make it to the state tournament, you have a little JV state tournament. He, he got top six, and he beat some, like, future state finalists there. So, you know, I had a lot of work to do, but wrestling in Illinois was a good experience. You know, I think the best part of it was the freestyle in Greco part of it because it's huge there and the freestyle state tournament is still to this day it's held down in champagne at the armory it's still one of my favorite tournaments because it's basically there is no classes so it's every stud from all three classes wrestling each other and it's just fun man you know that's one of my favorite styles is freestyle it's just fun you know there's big throws anything can happen you could be down by nine and then got a guy through five times matches you know and come back so it's just I don't know. I think that was probably the most developmental part for me is the freestyle season in Illinois because you got so much competition. But yeah, yeah, that that is for sure. I remember going to junior duels, which uh, for people listening is like where every state state brings together their best team and you wrestle the other states to see who's the best freestyle duel team in the country. And we would bring kids from Blair. We would have all of our New Jersey state champs, good guys. And every year we would go there, and Illinois would still beat us bad. Smack. And we were like, how is this even possible, <laughs> considering we have the number one, two, three folk style guys in the country? But, yeah, like Mike said, Illinois freestyle is unreal. So I can understand how you would really like to wrestle on that. You know, but, you know, I still make jokes to this day to, like, some of my guys on the team who are from Illinois when they're not, like, turning guys on top. I'm like, yeah, we're from Illinois. It's always right here, baby. Our choice right here. Like, that's just how you, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I don't, I, I almost wish it wasn't that way because obviously turning people on top is so important, especially with the four point near fall. But there's just something about it. It's just like, go on your feet, take them down, you know, like that just kind of was, that's just an Illinois style, you know. Lots of guys from Illinois, you know, they're, they're usually pretty good on their feet, not the greatest mat wrestlers, usually in shape, tough nose, kind of similar to Iowa. Jersey's just good everywhere. Oh, take, oh yeah. Take that with Don't think that that gets you. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just part of, like, freestyle and Greco are just, like, a very much part of the the wrestling culture in Illinois. Just, and we know we're good at it. You know, our Fargo team kicks ass. Excuse my language, but, yeah. Do you prefer freestyle to folk style, then? Ah! watching wise or competing wise um i mean for certain reasons yes i think it's just so 
fast paced and dynamic. Like there's so many ways to score in freestyle because you just have to get them across their back. But I think there's something like, you know, hard nosed about folk style, like trying to hold another man down or trying not letting someone hold you down. Like there's something, I think there's just something, I don't know, tough about it, about folk style. It's just gritty. Yeah, but, I think I prefer watching freestyle a little bit more than folk style. Just the pace is a little bit higher, you know. Yeah. Then you get those crazy Russians throwing guys around, coming around the other side, tossing them for four. Like, uh, there's just something about it. You also get to see a little bit different styles. You know, the Russians obviously wrestle a lot different than the Americans. You know, slower pace. They'll kind of, you know, come at you a little bit different. Yeah, you know, they'll lull you to sleep and then yeah. kill you. Yeah, and I think the same thing. You get to watch guys like from Iran really be solid in their positioning, and you get to see guys from Cuba who are explosive leg attacks, and you don't really get to see that maybe in folk style as much, and it kind of makes it for a dynamic viewer point. So. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, you know, those those Iranians, and they're, they're just nasty with their underhook, or the Cubans will score four on you from pretty much any position. It's just, you know, it's mm-hmm. fun to see. It's like you can see, it's like a little bit of their culture is in their wrestling style. You know, Americans are... You know, we're all your bootstraps people, you know, we're like, you know, we're coming, we're a little more white collar these days, but like we grew up like, you know, blue collar, like pull yourself up. Like I was like that, like Iowa wrestling is exactly the state of Iowa, just kind of hard nose, like we're going to wear you down. We're not, we're not that flashy, but you know, we're, we're, we're here and we're gritty, you know, and same thing like Russians, like, you know, they're just like. They're just like these, they're intimidating, let's be honest here. They're just like these scary guys coming on and they're like going to kill you out there, you know? They're just, ah, I like, there's just something about that international style. Yeah, so moving forward, so you didn't qualify for the state tournament as a senior. What nope. made you decide that you wanted to keep wrestling in college? Ah. <sighs> a little bit unfinished business, you know, like I felt like I had failed. Which, obviously, looking back, it was just bring me to a greater place. But, you know, a lot of it had to do with getting that phone call from Coach Darrow. You know, having that guy and that level of, like, excellence, you know, how whatever he achieved, call you. And just, you know, he just saw something in me. And he went on, like, later in my career. And as when I coached under him, he was just like, you know, I was kind of like a diamond in the rough. And, you know, that was something that he took pride in, was finding diamonds in the rough, you know. And he, I I mean, obviously a lot of guys who don't make the state tournament don't always pan out like I did. Obviously, I'm kind of, I'm unique in that way in certain, like, you know, I came, I'm not saying I was the greatest guy in the whole world, but, you know, top 12 in the country, being some of the best guys, lots of future All-Americans, you know. Like, I went from a guy who came in, 210 pounds as a freshman chubby non-state qualifier like who's going to take this guy seriously to like guy who was competing for all american national titles you know and i think a lot of that had to do with my coaching but a lot of it had to do with my change in mindset so like that call from Darrow just kind of sparked like i was like all right i'm not like i just felt i felt like i i needed to do it like, there was no chance I wasn't going to do it, especially after that call, especially after someone, like, gave me the chance. 
I was just like, I'm not, there's, I can't end this like this, you know, I can't end this. I'm failing that way, you know, just not giving myself the best chance to like really make something out of this sport. And obviously like, and I was just in, I was just in love with the whole process of it, but something about it, like it just pulled me towards Cornell and then wrestling in college is like still, I'll say is like the best decision I've ever made in my whole life by far like the friends I have and just the man it made me and everything I went through with it and the growth that I went through was just, I can't like, it's the, it will, it's the best thing I could have ever done for myself. Can you kind of walk me through uh, the growth of change? Like what helped you get that mindset from being a guy that came in as not, let's say the high level wrestler to like being that round of 12 guy, honestly knocking on the door to be, I think arguably you were a top three, four guy watching you at the end of your career. So yeah, yeah, and I ran into some studs. Shout out Sunny Boy Blanco, but uh, <laughs> but you know, uh, man, it's just like I just you know they tell you you flip the switch kind of. One day, you know, like when I came in as freshman, like I was just I was kind of like this scared, like not scared like to compete, but scared to like really do what it took to be like good and like believe in myself. And I think a lot of guys have that wall. Like, like we, Uh, like it's sometimes it's hard to like, be like, yeah, I am a great wrestler. I am good. Like those positive affirmations. And a lot of it comes from either fear of failure or fear of fatigue. Right. So for me, I think that's the main problem. And for wrestlers, a lot of it is that fear of that fatigue. Cause you do go, as we say, like you get to like a dark place sometimes, or like you really, you get like, you can't, you know, you get that feeling that you can't like walk off the mat because you're so dang tired. And like a lot of guys, that's scary. And a lot of that switch for me, like, especially like I had a really not so good junior year of college, right? I was injured. I was feeling sorry for myself. I was, you know, I maybe took on too much. I had a new relationship. I had a new puppy I found you know like I was just kind of making excuses but a big shift for me came from when I read I actually have the quote up on my phone right now from Dennis Hall hold on so the quote from Dennis Hall it's I remember coming off the mat and I wasn't tired because I wanted to keep it close and win it at the end that was a huge turning point in my career I said to myself this is never going to happen again Every time I come off the mat, I'm going to be utterly exhausted. So I took that to myself. I was like, all right, Michael, you have to learn to embrace being tired and like to be like you have to embrace flip this script on and be like, wait, this is what I want. So when I was competing like in my senior year, I remember wrestling for the to go to the national tournament against. Sorry, Jan, Jan's teammate, Jake Voss, right, who was an All-American great kid. So, kid, yeah, hard nose, good hand fighter. Yeah, he's yeah, not an easy nose. guy to so get like, through. Yeah, he throws me right, like he throws me. I don't go to my back, but he scores on me. And this is like a tight match, semifinals of the regional tournament. And I remember telling, like, I felt sorry for myself for one second. Then I remember telling myself, I'm like, no, make yourself uncomfortable. Make yourself uncomfortable. That's what I used to tell myself is make yourself uncomfortable. You will get out. So I just. You know, I was like, I'm going to get as tired as possible. That's my goal is to get as tired as possible. And 
I got out and, you know, I made it the national tournament. So, you know, I think a lot of it comes from that. Like you have to want to be exhausted. You have to make yourself want to be tired and realize that like, all right, this is what we're supposed to, supposed to feel like you're supposed to like now when I get tired, I'm just like, hell yeah, here we go. I'm feeling it now, baby. Here we go. You know, so it's just like a flip in that everyone says it's all about perspective it's a flip in that perspective like instead of fearing it you make it your shield like that's exactly why you're gonna win is because you want to be tired and it's just like a little switch in that yeah hey, going I, back I mean, going back to that uh semi-final regionals match with jake voss how important was it for you to win that semi-finals so you don't have to wrestle in that third place match oh well <laughs> I mean, I did it the hard way every time, which I don't recommend. I mean, but so I had gotten, I had lost twice my sophomore and junior year. I had, I had lost on that first round back, like that that next round backside to go to. So I got fifth two years in a row. And I mean, I was in, I had some studs always, like always a few All Americans in my bracket. But you know, getting past and just getting to the tournament it was like just a weight off your shoulders kind of because I went instead of worrying about having to wrestle back I went and took a nap you know like I was in I was gonna go and you know I was in so I didn't it was just I think I wanted that match really bad I didn't want to plus he had beat me that year so obviously you don't want to I wanted to win the the grudge match the rubber match because we were one and one that year so felt good you know, I think it's always better to make it that way than go the hard way. But, you know, someone said wrestling back to get third. It's just, you know, the guy who gets first might be the best, but I always respect the guy who gets third the most, you know. That's the way I see it. So yeah, important. Yeah. So I think uh, kind of looking at, in my own uh, vision of wrestling – I really respect young coaches, and I think I look up to you and Topher Carton a lot as, like, a young coach. Um, just for people that, like, know Mike, Mike and I coached together at Cornell. Um, I learned a lot from him, just kind of listening to him talk back. He was talking about mindset, how you find a dark place. Um, I kind of use that in my own training now and embrace that to push through miles when I run marathons and push through those extra bike rides, and I really embrace that as Mike will call it, we'll probably hear it later, the gift from the universe to get yes, tired yes. and push through that dark place, even if you don't want to. Um, can you explain, like, how do you use that kind of gift that you found for wrestlers now? Explain how you utilize, like, uh, the coaches you had, such as Duro and Malachek, who are legends. How do you work underneath them to help give the gifts that you have to your new wrestlers now? Yeah, like you said, like the gift, gift from the universe, right? So like I kind of preach like I I always preach like there's no there's nothing that can happen to you that's not going to give something better in return, right? There's nothing bad that can happen that's not going to have a gift on the other side. Like you lose a match, guess what? You learn and you get better, right? You you're not feeling so good, good, right? Like you can learn to push through that. Like you know, there's always there's always something to take from it and. I learned a lot of that from, like, Darrow, right? Because especially, I don't know if everyone who was listening will know this, but he had to battle brain cancer towards the end of his life. And I got, I was sad, you know, it's sad, but I was lucky enough to get to experience, like, his fight with that and to see, like, 
his attitude was just unparalleled. Like he never felt sorry for himself a day. He worked out every single day. You know, he was mowing the lawn 20 and 85 degree weather 20 days before he died. Right. So like this guy was just like, he, he, he saw like getting tired and getting the opportunity. He always preached. This is an opportunity, right? This is not a right to get to wrestle. It is an opportunity. And, you know, I tried to bring that to everyone. Like, at Cornell, I did a lot because guys would, some guys would just be, like, not, like, just com- not complaining, but they're, like, like kind of iffy about wanting to compete. And I was just, like, every time you step on the mat, it's a gift, man. Like, like you, this is an opportunity. And I think that I try to bring that to all my guys, like, because, you know, it's always easier to do something if you enjoy doing it, right? Right. If you're thinking that you're going to be like, you have to be here, that you're like, you have to wrestle today. Like, this is going to suck. You're not going to do well. Like, it's just, you know, you're not going to like what you're doing. You're not going to be happy. Right. And I think a lot of it and we talk about up here under Malachek, you know, we we spent a lot of time on mindset this year. We read books. We read a book called Flip the Script by Coy Cooper, which kind of about that, like realizing what's important to you and like going after it, putting energy into it and enjoying that process. And I think that's kind of one of the reasons we have success. We've had success this year. Like our, our guys enjoy wrestling. Like you take a kid like Grant Zayman, number one in the country beats everybody this year. This kid, that kid literally just loves to wrestle. He works his butt off, you know, like he gets exhausted. Like we, like we always all preach, like get tired, but the kid just loves to wrestle. And I think that's part of it is like learning to enjoy it as a gift. And I learned a lot of that from Darrow, just making it like realizing it's an opportunity. He brought me into the culture. Like I got to spend time around the University of Iowa coaches, you know, like hearing their stories, hearing coach stories from his adventures, like with Terry Brands through the through the world team Olympic circuit, you know, like getting getting to go out to the Olympic training center, you know, like being around this and like realizing like, Oh my God, this is such an opportunity. You know, like I've been so lucky to get to coach under these legends, you know, like these guys who have had so much success and I'm lucky enough to learn from them and like be able to bring that like attitude, like, yeah, this is an opportunity to wrestle a gift. Like this God, this is awesome. And I think from my, like, I think that's what I bring mostly as a young coach is like an energy like I just love to be here actually like one of my favorite stories is from your teammates Logan so at the end of regionals last year when me and Jan were coaching at Cornell two of Logan's teammates come up here and just tell me hey man you're like my favorite coach you just look like you're having a great time I'm like because I am having a great time Uh it's just you know it's just such a it's a the sport of wrestling is such a gift, man. And like people got to, I think people get lost in like the intensity of it sometimes, but like you just got to embrace that chaos kind of man. I think that's kind of the, I think that's kind of the secret. It just reminds me, like we talked about this uh, plenty of times, but after our, like my first chance of wrestling at D1, when I go to D3, I mean, the same thing with Coach Osendorf. I mean, him and Coach DeRoe both got to work underneath Gable. And it's just like when you realize that you don't just deserve just because you transfer somewhere or you're here, you don't deserve all this. Like, 
you are presented with the opportunities and you have to earn what you want. And the same thing, if you find that second passion and you start to love the sport, man, you can do some great things with it. But the minute you kind of let that thing come and let the everything else around you bite you or start attacking you, man, you're just, like you said, you're not going to find much success and you're not going to find much love. You know, like it's hard, it's hard to do something this and like this demanding if you don't love it. You know, you always see guys like, who come, come back and like, you know, when you see guys who would look like they're enjoying themselves, they always do better. Like you watch a guy like Jaden Cox wrestle, that guy just looks like he's having a great time. You look at Pat Downey, like before he went out to NG, like the New Jersey wrestling club, man, he didn't look like he was having a good time. Now he looks like he's having a blast, you know, like it's just surrounding yourself with people who are going to get you to where you want to be and enjoying yourself doing it, man. Like people put so much emphasis on like being tough and like all this like heck man smile out there have a good time this is fun like this is my my late high school head coach always said like wrestling's a fun sport don't forget it you know like this is a fun sport and i think that's where people need to remember is like all right this is this is supposed to be a good time which you know like you like your teammate said logan like i am having a great time that's why it looks like i'm having a great time yeah, so, I mean, this year, obviously, there's pretty big adversity at the end of the season. You're coaching one of the best guys in the country at 157 pounds. How do you help him get over that fact that, you know, he might not be a national champion this year? I actually, I remember I texted a few of my guys right afterwards. It's like, you know, I texted them, and I was like, you know, it sucks. We all know that you beat everyone and that you're still the best but you know what I texted him I was like you know what as bad as it is we still get today and that's a gift that's what I texted him we still get today and that's a gift that's another thing I learned from Darrell was wake up every morning and say thank you and I still do that to this day you know every morning I wake up I say thank you so um I think that's kind of what I push on him I was just like you know he has he has keep the faith tattooed on him and I just told him like Hey, keep the faith, man. Like, you know, we still get today and that's a gift. And he just responded like, you're right. It is a gift. And he just went back to work. You know, that's kind of kid he is. So it makes it really easy to coach. So, uh, yeah, just kind of keeping your perspective. Like, it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. It sucks for those guys who don't get to compete. If I didn't get to compete at the national tournament, like, you know, especially for those first-time qualifiers, it just probably just feels like, you had your chance robbed from you, but at the end of the day, like like I say, there's gonna be a gift in it, man, even in this whole situation. There's gonna be a gift. We just gotta we just gotta open our minds up and realize and, and find it somehow, you know? Like don't don't get too down about what things you can't control and just focus on like, hey, like what can I learn from this? You know? And I think that's that's how I would like to live my life that way. So yeah. Dude, that that's some deep stuff, and I really like that. I learned, you know, this is why like we're doing this podcast is every single person we brought on so far, like you just kind of get your chills on you when you hear stuff that you can like learn and take to yourself every day. Um, a little bit moving past, um, we're I want to get to your mindset a little bit later, but we have to talk about right now is you know you've taken wrestling and you've kind of moved past to something great. Like, can you explain to why cardiac rehabilitation like what are you like how did you get into it 
like that is a great program. So how did you yeah, use wrestling you know, as an avenue? It's kind of a funny story. You know, like I've always been very driven to help people. Like, you know, I there's something about just like letting like helping someone to like either achieve something they want or help them like get their life better, you know, so and cardiac rehab, it's, you know, it's a little underused in society, you know, like, it's kind of like, the, it's like a little bit of an underdog thing, which I like too, but, you know, in cardiac rehab, it has to do with, I'm, I'm training to be a clinical exercise physiologist, and basically, in cardiac rehab, you take people who had cardiovascular related events, let's say a heart attack, and you monitor them over, over, 12 weeks, three times a week, 36 sessions, and try to get them back, not just to, like, going back to work, but, like, making their life better, you know, like, ultimately, we don't want repeat customers, and I think that's a great part about it, like, we don't want repeat customers in cardiac rehab, we want you to be better, and obviously, there's, like, there's things you can't control, but, you know, if we get you healthy, and your body working the way, the way it's supposed to, and you back on, like, a healthy healthy lifestyle man like you can really you can really change a lot of things like one of the best things experience i had so far has been working with people here who who have gone through that you know at, you, at lacrosse we run a phase three cardiac rehabilitation program which is like a maintenance program after they graduate from the hospital and some of these people have been in this program for 40 years you know and they tell you like without this it it saved my life, you know, like getting to hear that and like hearing these people who have been through, like have looked death in the face, like, you know how much I, you can learn from these people. And I think that's, that's, that's important. And a lot of it, like you're dealing with an older population, which sometimes, you know, they get forgotten and they don't get taken seriously. But, you know, once you get to know these people, it's like, wow, they have a lot of wisdom and they have a lot of things to teach you if you just listen to them. And, you know, just, I think, I think exercise, like I always tell you, it's a gift, you know, like I think it's so important for for people to do, you know, we're, we're human beings, we're meant to move, and I think it's important to realize, like, all right, these people have these limitations, and we're going to try to help them either get past some of these limitations or just help them manage, like, their medications and manage their lives a little bit better without being in constant fear that they're going to have another heart attack. You know, and I think that's important, like just managing that, like making these people confident enough in themselves and their and their bodies that they're like, all right, I can I can do these things without having like I can go back to work and not fear that I'm going to have another heart attack. You know, and I think that's important. And that's kind of what what attracted me to it is like a little bit of a, you know, you're, let, you're giving the people the tools to take control of their own life kind of. And I think that's important. And, you know, I don't want them to be totally relying on on what the doctor says or having to come in once every, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I want them to be able to take control of their own life. And I think that's a good part about cardiac rehab is you give them the tools to do that. And I think that's important. It seems like you're kind of taking your perspective from coaching and moving that into your career because it seems like, you know, in wrestling, you're giving your wrestlers the tools and they can make, you know, themselves what they want to be. And in cardiac rehab, you're kind of giving them tools to better their life. You know, it's it's a little similar, but a little, <laughs> little higher stakes. 
and a little less intense. <laughs> That's the way I say it. It's it's similar to coaching, but like, you know, you're dealing with these people's like lives, and <laughs> you can't push them quite as hard. But you know, you got to take it a little bit easier. These are cardiac patients, but you know, it's 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 interesting, and I'm I'm excited to get that part of my life started and obviously continue coaching because you know that's my that's my love man coaching i don't know where i would be without the sport of wrestling in my life like i'm sure you all agree and people who are listening agree like this is just there's just something about it man it's like addictive yeah it's been a struggle for me right now just with the whole covid thing i'm not gonna lie just not being able to do anything outside of just go to work um nursing is tough right now and I use uh, wrestling as that, like, uh, almost like my recovery. Like, it gives me a mental break. I can go in and enjoy. So, I, I agree. Without wrestling, I would have nothing. So, Dude, I couldn't agree anymore. It's it's hard. I <laughs> I was watching wrestling, like, some freestyle matches online today. I'm just like, something to give me a little fix, you know? I'm in shadow wrestling in my freaking garage <laughs> just trying to get something, like, ah, like, let me put my hands on somebody, but, like, you know, like, it's just, you know, we're all dealing with it. Yeah. All be, we'll all be more grateful for it when we get to do it again, you know? And that's what I try to keep telling people, like, imagine, like, you know, like, right now you don't have the opportunity. Like, you know, they always preach, like, give it all your today, you know, like, all at least every coach I've ever had, it's like, give it all today, because tomorrow's not guaranteed, and, like, for some of these kids, especially this year, like, literally, tomorrow was, it did not, they did not get another chance to wrestle, that was it, so, like, the regional tournament was their last chance, and, you know, like, like, thankfully for some of the kids on my team, like, all right, they had their, like, they, they ended on a win, you know, like, that's all right, you know, they're national qualifiers, and obviously they, it would have been nice to. Uh, technically, we had five All Americans, according to which is nice that they did that. But everyone knows it's not the same, you know. Everyone knows it's it's better if you like actually get to wrestle the tournament. Going back to coaching just a little bit, how different is Mike Maximovich now at Wisconsin Lacrosse than fresh out of college Mike at Cornell? A lot calmer. <laughs> Um, you know, I've kind of, and personally, like, I'm a very high energy human, you know, like I love just, ah, yeah, I just kind of, I, I sometimes let my emotions get the best of me in the corner, <laughs> but Malachik has done a great job. It's like, Mike, we don't, we don't need you to yell. We don't need yellers. We need a coach. I'm like, okay. So I think that's important for me. Like just learning, like, all right, it's okay if I'm calm. Like, I can still get my little jest in there, my little jabs in there if I need to, you know. But, like, I don't need to be screaming for my guys to wrestle hard. I can't is, imagine you're much different in the room, though, right? Uh, what happens in the room stays in the room, Janet. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, I mean, I, I bring high energy. Like, I'll jump around and do the splits and wear mm-hmm. my Spider-Man shirt in, you know, like... <laughs> I just have a good time, you know? <laughs> My uh, next kind of question for you is just, uh, obviously, we, we don't compete anymore, but I know you're still pushing your mind and pushing your body to limits that most people would never try to achieve. 
kind of what do you do during your workouts now? What's your mindset like? I know we had a story the other day where you were doing burpees. Yeah. Like, can you like cover something like that for us? Yeah. So I was just like, I was like hitting the bag, like really getting after, right? And I was just like, all right, I'm like before every workout, I always say like, this is a thank you, this is a gift, this is an opportunity, and the harder I go, the stronger I'm gonna get. So like, then I go. I get after it so I'm doing some burpees right and I'm starting to feel sorry for myself a little bit like you know I'm getting like exhausted and then I'm like wait I tell myself as I'm doing burpees like wait Michael no man this is a gift this is what we're supposed to be doing like how ah, we're feeling good now man we're feeling it heck yeah so then I'm just like all right stop thinking about it and just do my burpees you know like I think a lot of it and a lot of it I was talking to my head assistant coach from high school his name's Andrew Gildy. He's a great guy. You know, he coached at Conant High School in Illinois. And uh, a lot of it has to do with focus and discipline. You know, like when we're – and you know, when you're getting tired, like a lot of it is just like, you know, like people panic, you know, because you're uncomfortable. And I think that's the difference. It's like, wait, it's not about being like this tough guy. It's about being focused. Like – all right, I'm exhausted, but, you know, I'm disciplined enough. Like, all right, I, this is how we're supposed to feel. Like, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to go in a wrestling match. Like, you're in, you're in the third period. You're in a close match. If you get taken down, like, and your coaches are telling you, like, you, you're not mentally tough. Yeah, you're mentally tough. You stopped on the wrestling mat. You're tough, man. You're a tough guy willing to battle. But you're not necessarily focused. And I think that's what, as, you know, people say we're a more sensitive generation and we are, we're like, you know, we're very in touch with our emotions. And I think that's important. Like, you know, like when, when these kids hear that they're not, you know, if they mess up, they're not tough. They are tough. You know, like they're college wrestlers. They're tough. They're willing to battle. Right. But you know, when you get tired, it's a focus thing. It's a discipline thing. Like, you know, like don't panic. And I think that's kind of what I learned from pushing myself was like, if I stay just calm, I'm never as quite as exhausted as I think I am. And I think, and I actually remember wrestling you, Logan, last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I remember telling my, like, I remember you were doing so well as you were drilling, and then you got a little panicked when we went live, right? And I remember telling myself, like, I was calm. I was just like, I'm not tired enough yet. And I think that's kind of just like a difference. It's not that big of a difference in skill. It's just a difference in attitude, you know. Yeah, I remember being just so exhausted <laughs> during that. But honestly, what you were kind of talking about helped a little bit. I remember like, God, I've probably got taken down an uncountable <laughs> amount of times. And I just kept kept coming at you, kept trying to come at you. And I definitely learned a lot that day. Um not really wrestling wise, but mindset wise on just how to, you know, keep going, persevere through that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, like this is where we're, this is exactly where you're supposed to feel like stay focused, you know, don't, don't lose it. Cause when you panic, you're done, right? If you panic, you're done. I, I can, I totally agree and attest to that as well. Learning that from Mike, uh, even yesterday. So Logan and I were texting and I was like, Hey Logan, like, you want to work out? And Logan was like, obviously he's pretty busy finishing schoolwork and stuff. But I said to Logan, like, all right, I'm going to go, like, what should I run or bike? And Logan told me, okay, like you should go run today. 
And I asked him for a mile count, and I haven't really run, like, long distance since this quarantine winter. And I remember I got to probably mile four yesterday, and I started to kind of, like, feel sorry for myself. I was running up this big hill, and then all of a sudden I was, like, almost, like, slap myself. I'm, like, stop it. Like, yeah, you're supposed to hurt. Like, finish the damn workout. You said you're going to do it. So then I just, like something switched again and i just fucking trucked up the hill that you always it. got that second wind in you you just gotta you just gotta let it come to you you know just don't quit don't quit it's a good thing to feel that way yeah i mean i just i think mindset has been such a it's just been something that used to hold me back so much that it's something i put so much time and effort into that like yeah man i kind of finally felt figured it out for myself and i think it's so important you know mental the mental side of wrestling is so big you know like because i think like i remember listening to your your buddy brendan or brendan or whatever is your teammate yeah and he was just saying like you got to wrestle hard and you can beat a lot of guys that way and that's true you know if you stay focused in there like you might not be the like i know i wasn't the most talented guy in the world but god darn it i'm gonna wrestle you until you want to cry like and it's just the way it is, you know, and like no hard feelings, but I'm going to try to kill you. Like, you know, like just there's something about it. Like being gritty does, does change things. If you're willing to push yourself and our friend, our late friend, the great Kenny Anderson used to say, whoever's willing to give more is going to win. You know, and I learned a lot from him too, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was that was one of that was one of me and Jan's close friends too, man. And you learn a lot from those situations, especially when you lose those people. You think about a lot about what they say, and you know, to him, like for me, when I actually the greatest lesson I learned from him was during when I <laughs> to boost morale. We were having kind of a rough season, and I decided to wrestle an open tournament to boost some morale on our team and the, the loris open yeah i brought it that day too i got so tired i remember i was i was beating this kid up pretty good and then third period come around and i just <laughs> tanked i couldn't i felt like i was drowning but uh something kenny told me is like because i was i was thinking you know because i was competing right like i was about to compete like you know your emotions start running you're starting to feel nervous like Cause you're about to, you know, you guys, you're about to go try to take some head off, and they're about to take your head off. Like, who doesn't get nervous before they wrestle, right? So Kenny just told me, like, embrace the chaos, man. I'm like, what are you thinking about? You've been doing this since you were 11, and I tell my guys that today. Like, I, I even, I ask them, I'm like, how long have you been wrestling? And they tell me since whatever, since they were nine. I'm like, what the hell do you have to think about, man? Practice is for thinking, right? Like. And you're drilling, just wrestle, embrace it, trust yourself. And I think that's something like, you know, mindset is just when you believe and you trust your instincts and you trust yourself and you're willing to get utterly exhausted, like Dennis Hall said, I think you're, you can do some pretty great things. Yeah. So, I mean, you've talked a lot about your mental growth. If you could give one piece of advice um, to people listening at home, how to enhance like your your mental state what would you say be honest with yourself be honest coming from a standpoint on where you lack like what are your fears what are your insecurities 
you know, and I think first things first, go to gratitude, you know, like find out why you're like what you're grateful for. And like, I think that changed a lot for me, like being grateful to compete is just something that can change you like a complete 180 afraid like instead of being like worried about going out and competing in some stud you know like realizing you are a stud and you get the opportunity to test yourself like just think about that like would you rather wrestle a guy like you know like would you rather wrestle a guy who's a little nervous about like who's who's like oh i have to wrestle michael maximovich i'd way rather wrestle that guy like i know i'm gonna beat that guy or would you want a guy like, oh, I'm going to go out to test myself against this guy? Like, just that difference. And the thing is, it might not be easy, but look how simple that is. Instead of telling yourself that you're afraid, be honest with yourself. Like, why am I afraid of this? Why am I insecure about this? And flip it. Be like, wait, I work my ass off. I'm going to go after this guy. Like, just that simple. Like, be honest with yourself. Just like you are in your training, you know? If you have a bad single like. You're going to work until you have a good single leg. If you don't think so well, you're gonna, you should work until you do think well. You know, like just having that self-awareness to work on your mental weaknesses as well as your physical weaknesses can really change things for you, I believe. And that's what I would say. Like, like you don't have to do everything I do. Like I meditate every morning and I do all this stuff and, you know, I – look myself in the mirror and tell myself positive affirmations. I got my life code that I tell myself every morning, but like just simply like, where am I lacking? When I do, when I do do well, what am I thinking? When I don't do well, what am I thinking? Like just having that self-awareness, I think is the key and being honest. Dang good words of advice for <laughs> sure. Thank you. Um, so I guess we've kind of been asking everyone outside of wrestling, outside of school, like what does Mike Maximovich do for fun? Like what do you like to do to like get away and have your mind just kind of set free? This is a PG show, right? Yeah, but you, I mean, you can, you can answer however. I mean, obviously we know you take Layla on long walks. Yes, I love my dog, you know, and here she can get on here. She's taking a nice nap right now. Um... <laughs> You know, like, yeah, I like to, I got, I got a great girlfriend now, you know, name's Hannah. She's, she's awesome. She's a big wrestling fan. Her cousin was a division one All-American. And so she's, she got a flow account and everything. She's great. So <laughs> time with her, um, you know, and just, yeah, like I live in, La Crosse is a beautiful place, man. I like to go on hikes and I have this marsh, beautiful marsh trail right outside my house where I take my dog and, you know, like. Outside of exercise, like I like video games, you know, like, I like to, I like to chill and I try not to be. If it's nice, I try to be outside, you know. But uh, yeah, man, just like I like to ultimately just like spending time with my my buddy. It's like Jan's one of my best friends in the world. I like, it's like mm-hmm. hanging out with him, you know, enjoying the little things too, you know. Yeah, I think for me personally, like during this whole quarantine, I just have a so much greater gratitude for my group of friends um not being able to hang out with them and like hang out with mike and hang out with my friends in cedar rapids you know it definitely takes a toll on me so like uh i definitely same thing as mike every like we don't do it every day but you'll you'll see snapchats of like a sunrise or a sunset and 
just being so grateful for those things and grateful for everyone that's come across us and help us grow. And, you know, that stuff alone, this is mm. something I take to heart every single day. And just I think the ability to do this, I'm grateful for every day. So I think that's, that's a, a gift of this whole crazy situation, man. Like, all right, realize what you're grateful for. You're spending t- the only people you spend time with, or make time for are people you actually care about. <laughs> like, you know, you're not, you're not worrying about like other people. Like, you know, like you're, this is a time for self-reflection, man. Like as much as craziness as it is, like, gosh, man, personally, I kind of thrive in, you know, like you just can't, you just got to take, you know, be grateful for the little things, sunrises and sunsets, like Darrow said. You know, sunrises and sunsets don't take those for granted, man. And that's the truth, because you don't know when you're, you know, like you, like you said, you don't know when your last day is going to be, man. So you can enjoy the time you have with the people you love, and you can always learn from that, man. Not to get preachy, but dang, it's true. Okay, I guess my last question, and you don't have to be super long about it. You can be as long or short, is um, just kind of words for advice, like, for now on, for like guys, like what do Mike Maximovich want to be known for? Me? I always, you know, I actually, actually talked to Kenny about this a lot, and you know, I just want to be like known as like, like if I, if I die, if I was to die tomorrow, right? It wouldn't be like, wow, he's such a good wrestler, he's such a good this, like, hey, that's just a, that's a good guy. Like if you were, if I was just like, I don't need to be a millionaire. I want to support, like, my family and all that, but, like, if I was, like, if that was on my tombstone, if, if was, ah, good, good guy. guy, I'd be okay. <laughs> I'd be okay just being, like, hey, like, ah, he's just a good good person to be around. Like, like I've heard, you know, if someone, I think the biggest compliments I've ever gotten are people saying, like, wow, you just make, you just make me, like, not necessarily a better person, but, like, you just are, like, a good person to have around. Like, I take that. Like, if someone calls me a good man, like, that's the biggest compliment I could ever get. 